Welcome to another episode of B2B Nation, the official technology advice podcast for sales and marketing professionals. I'm your host, Chris Kleinfelter, and I recently interviewed Andrew Dumont, marketing expert and former CMO at Bitly. We talked about ABM, inbound marketing, and customer retention. In regards to customer retention, Andrew suggested to invest heavily in customer success teams. He believes account managers create consistency for the customer and should really be an extension of sales teams. We need to stop thinking of customer retention as preventing churn and start thinking about how to set customers up for success with our products and expand usage of our products within that organization. It's a shift in mentality and expansion of accounts. This is a really great interview. Andrew spoke to how ABM and inbound marketing should be working together to create better leads. and uh, He really taught me a thing or two today, so I know you'll enjoy it. And without further ado, here's my interview with Andrew. Enjoy. Welcome to the B2B Nation, Andrew. Thanks for talking with me today. Hey, thanks for having me. Absolutely. You know, before we uh, before we get started here, I would love for our listeners to just get uh, a little more information about you and what you're up to these days. Yeah, definitely. Um, it, it's actually a, uh, it's an interesting time. This is the first time where I've kind of been uh, in flux a little bit, and it's kind of an intentional uh, thing for me. So I, I just recently wrapped up as the, the chief marketing officer at, at a company called Bitly um, in New York, which I'm sure most people are, are aware of at least. Um, and, uh, yeah, it's been about, uh, almost two years there. Um, and I've, you know, been really in B2B staff businesses, uh, in either growth or, or marketing type roles for, um, since I was 17 years old, actually. So this is actually my first time where I've kind of stepped back a little bit and I've, I've been taking the, the past few months to kind of, you know, build my own stuff and, and kind of, you know, work on some new things. So, um, so it's kind of a, uh, it's a fluid period right now, which I think is a good thing. And I'm, I'm trying to intentionally. Uh, allow myself to, to do that. So, uh, yeah, so that's kind of what I'm working on right now. It's a bunch of new stuff and a bunch of uh, early stuff um, that's not really defined yet. So, uh, early days. Awesome. Well, hey, there's nothing wrong with having the world as your oyster, so to speak. Uh, and you definitely that's have the right. background to do a lot of things. <laughs> that's really cool. Well, thanks again for being on the show with me today. Uh, there's a few topics that I wanted to cover specifically. And the first one here is uh, about this buzzword, or actually two buzzwords, really, in my opinion. There's account-based marketing and there's inbound marketing. And a lot of times I've heard account-based marketing versus inbound marketing. And I, I don't Personally, I don't know if that's true, so I'd be curious to get your take on, uh, you know, I think our listeners know what those two things are, account-based marketing and inbound marketing, but how do you see these different strategies impacting each other? I really don't think it's a um, mutually exclusive set here. How can they work together to increase revenue for companies? Yeah, I, so it's there's a lot to that question. I think it's a really good question, and, and I, I'll start by saying I um, I agree with you. Uh, is that it? You know that it's not a versus. Um, it's it's really a. I think the way that you can build a modern marketing organization today uh, is is those those two things need to work in tandem. And you know I'll, I'll delve a little bit into at least the progression at Bitly because I think it's a good uh, a good example of it. Um, so we spent the first you know nine months essentially of my time there building a you know a proper inbound machine. Um, and, and this calls on a lot of my experience. I, I spent some, some time at moz.com about four years there and saw, you know, how they built a, one of the, I, one, I, one of the, uh, I think the, the most prominent sort of inbound, uh, machines there. I think Moz is one of the standouts there along, along with a few others, but 
So I really just replicated that model at, at Bitly. And you know what happens when you start building an inbound model, um, at least when you have a, a price point that's you know mid to, to, to high end, um, you know somewhere in the $500 a month uh, or more. Um, you know, you really start needing account-based marketing. And, you know, that was really the transition that we went through um, was, you know, we, we had these this inbound uh, model that, that drove a ton of leads. Um, and what happens as you start increasing the number of leads is, you know, quality essentially goes down um, the more leads that you have. So as your inbound machine becomes more efficient, you know, the close rate essentially drops. Uh, on those, at least, you know, as a generalization, but I think that's, that's, that's generally true. And then the way that you can use account-based marketing with that is you essentially help refine or target your uh, inbound uh, machine uh, against those, those accounts. So um, towards the end of my time at, at Bitly, we, we started to shift that inbound uh, machine that we had built uh, towards specific accounts. So we started with a very small number of accounts that were in the 1,000 range, and then we expanded that out to 8,000. So we kind of like went through this process of, um, you know, we have these, we have a ton of leads, but let's like let's let's start getting the right leads. So I think like the, the the kind of holy grail when it comes to B2B marketing is if you can create a very strong inbound funnel and then direct that uh, over time towards a you know specific uh, set of accounts. Um, and that's really like to your point uh, when we first started talking about this. It's really not a versus. It's a inbound and uh, account-based marketing. I think that's really where uh, you know B two B SaaS businesses. That's where they really start clicking uh, is when you're able to tie those two things together. You know that makes me think of something else. I, I think that a lot of companies are used, especially B two B companies, are, are using inbound marketing in some way, but uh, not as many of them are, are truly using ABM as a strategy. The argument I've heard against ABM is that it doesn't scale, uh, which I guess is true in a certain mm. sense. But, uh, you know, for marketers who want to implement ABM as a strategy in their business, but they do have pushback from leadership or others in the in the company, uh, would you have any advice or tips for them for how to move the needle within their organization to incorporate, incorporate ABM with inbound? Yeah, I mean, like, all, you know, all these, uh, <laughs> if you think about the, the fundamental um, nature of ABM, right? R really all it is, it's just a defining persona uh, within uh, your inbound. So, so every inbound uh, machine, you essentially have a set of personas that you're trying to drive inbound uh, volume against, right? And, and the only thing that ABM is, is really just the next step on that, right? Yeah. So if I have, you know, four personas of the ideal customer that I'm looking to, you know, bring into my uh, funnel, um, ABM is really just saying within those four personas, let's say, um, you know, here are the thousand companies or so um, that, that fit within those personas, right? So it's really just a, it's just an evolution. It's just another step of becoming more uh, granular and more targeted with, uh, with your efforts. So I think if you like step back to the fundamental uh, of what ABM really is and remove the term, uh, you know, from, from the conversation, it, it's really just a, the next step on targeting um, is really all it is. So um, I don't think it's a, it's a huge leap to do that. And I think to the scalability question, I think, um, you know, uh, your, 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 your list will expand as you become more successful there, but that, that, that's okay. Um, and I think, uh, I think that's just the nature of becoming, you know, constantly uh, figuring out who your ideal customer is and, uh, and defining who those individuals and those companies actually are. 
So you heard it here. There is hope to uh, to understand how they can fit together and that it does, in fact, scale. And if, if you get a lot of accounts through, that's probably a good thing because you're doing something right. Um, so let's shift gears for just a moment here. Uh, another topic that I've uh, had a lot of conversations about lately is customer retention. Um, you know, in theory, it's more beneficial to retain a current customer and, and build off a relationship that you already have established versus, you know, going out and trying to forge a new relationship. And of course, every company needs both, right? They need recurring and new business. But what are some ways companies can increase customer retention? Is it, you know, better processes or better relationship building or is it better products? I mean, what are some of the things you see that could really help companies improve there? Yeah, so I I have two, again, I I look at Moz and Bitly as kind of like the two um, great examples that I have here. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, Moz's funnel, or sorry, Moz's business is really focused on on new business, at least when I was there, right? They've evolved since then. Um, But but at that time, it was, you know, let's get new customers, and we assume a churn rate of of whatever percent, right? And that was just kind of inherent to the business. Mm -hmm. So, So a lot of our efforts, which looking back, it obviously wasn't, you know, there was probably a gap there. We could have been more intelligent with how we did things, um, but it was really focused on, you know, how do we get more, how do we get more customers, new customers in, uh, and and the churn rate is what it is. Um, whereas if you look, if you look at Bitly, um, you know, and we had a premium SaaS, SaaS business, just so um, everyone's up to speed there. But um, you know, really the way we thought about churn is we actually had net negative churn. So um, and, and the reason why we had that was because uh, we invested very heavily in. Um, in customer success uh, team. And we thought about our customer success team as, you know, number one, making retention, uh, you know, be consistent and, and, and strong across all of our customers. But also, um, you know, we thought about our customer success team essentially as a uh, extension of our sales team in some ways. Right. And I think, you know, if you, if you stop thinking about retention as just how do I, how do I prevent people from churning uh, and instead think about it as, okay, how do I make these customers uh, as successful as possible? And how do I get them to expand usage uh, of our product outside of just this, you know, maybe one group within the organization that we're working with today? You know, how do we make, how do we expand our use, uh, the, the use of our product within, uh, within that organization? So I think first and foremost, I think it's a shift in mentality in the way that you think about retention uh, and, and expansion of, uh, of accounts. Um, and then I think it's, it's how you staff against it too. Um, I think, um, investing very heavily in in customer success or account management or management or whatever you want to call it, um, making that a key priority in, in your business, I think is critical uh, to reducing churn. But also, you know, turning your existing customers into a source of new business as well, uh, focusing on expansion of those accounts. So let's talk about the Bitly example a little bit more. There, I think some of our listeners will be in this. Uh, place where maybe they're stuck between a rock and a hard place where, you know, retention's a major pain point, but uh, maybe the organization considers we have to prevent churn instead of we have to set our customers up for more success. I know it sounds basic, yeah. but I think a lot of companies are really there. So uh, yeah. I'd just be curious to hear with Bitly with some specific examples, maybe if you can, or even just more tips on uh, some tactics on how can you change that mentality almost. I mean, what, what are some ways yeah. that you can start implementing this and hitting the ground, even in small ways to, to help implement change there? Yeah. Well, I think like if, if, if you're in that position as a company where, you know, you're really just focused on retention and that problem and, and you're not really thinking of expansion of current accounts, 
I mean, I think the best way to do it is just carve off a set of your account managers or, or customer success people or whatever you call them um, and set some sort of quota to them um, that is more on expansion as well as retention um, and just, just see how it goes. Um, I think, you know, especially in early stage companies, the more that you can, you know, carve off and test and see um, how it affects your business, I think the better off you're, uh, you are. Um, and I think this is uh, no exception here. So, um, I mean, that would be my recommendation is I think, you know, you have to, um, you have to, you know, goal them on the metrics that you want and retention is one of those things. But I think those two things go hand in hand. I think expansion of an, uh, of an account as well as retaining that account, uh, those two things are, are, are one and the same uh, in my mind. Um, so I think, I think if you can kind of, you know, section that off and test it, I think, I think it's a great place to start. Uh, and, you know, any organization that, you know, wants to grow, this is one of the key levers in growth. Um, is, is figuring out this equation. So I think it's worth a test in, a, in almost any, uh, any environment. So when you spoke to expansion there, uh, I'm just curious to hear what you've learned over the years in terms of, uh, you know, whether it's too soon to, to reach out to a client in terms of yeah. uh, do you want to, uh, you want more of our services or so forth. Were there indicators or, or certain certain uh, patterns of behavior that you saw that kind of showed, hey, this company might be ready to have this conversation? Yeah, that's a good question. Um, you know, it, it's tough to generalize, but I, I think I think if anybody is is an active user of your product, um, I think that's that's always the best uh, first indicator sure. uh, of that. Um, but but aside from that, I mean, I think it it, it really speaks to uh, you know maybe how how much they're they're utilizing your product or what portion uh, of your product they're utilizing. I mean, usually what you'll find is that um, at least in a B two B environment. Um, you'll get you'll get a customer using maybe only 10% of the product or 20% of the product because they really like that one functionality or feature. Um, so I think like the key to success is getting them one active, but two, you know, using the full the full depth of the product. And I think that's like, you know, when we looked at our customer expansion uh, process, and, and I wasn't the lead on this. We there was a gal named uh, Whitney who who led this, and she was fantastic. But really, the focus early on was you know, that first six months, how do we get them actively using the product? How do we get them using the entire product? And then at that point, once they really see the value and they use it and they understand it, um, then they become great advocates. Um, so I think, I think if you kind of have to phase it a little bit, uh, but I think that's kind of the key. And, and I will say the other piece from a marketing perspective is um, a lot of marketing organizations do not think about current customers as a target to market to. Um, they think only about how do I market to get new customers in. Um, and that's like a, a, a change of thinking that I think a lot of organizations need to get to eventually is um, how do I think about marketing towards my current customers? Um, and how do I think about education and, uh, you know, advocacy, um, you know, to those current customers? How do I think about creating that through marketing? Um, I think that's a key thing that a lot of orgs uh, or organizations are not uh, really there yet mentally. Mm-hmm. No, that was some really great points. Um, yeah, you know, we're running up to our our uh, end of time here, but I just wanted to thank you so much for being on the show. Um, you definitely taught me, especially towards the end, there are a few things that I hadn't considered before. So uh, hopefully our listeners feel the same. Uh, in terms of our listeners, how can they find you out on the web? Yeah, uh, I'm pretty active on Twitter. Uh, I'm just Andrew Dumont uh, on Twitter. 
Um, and then uh, my, my personal website is andrewdumont.com. Uh, so, uh, yeah, both there, and uh, I'm very active on the web, so uh, you can find me uh, all over the place. All right. Well, thanks again to Andrew for joining me today, and thanks, as always, to our listeners for following along. This episode was recorded at the Technology Advice Podcast Studio in Nashville, Tennessee. To listen to more episodes of B2B Nation, check us out on SoundCloud or iTunes. And to learn more about the show, you can find us on Twitter at technology underscore ADV or online at technologyadvice.com. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.